0: What is up, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Ace of Spada Podcast, hosted by your boy right here, Anthony Spada, And on today's episode, I am joined by a fellow colleague, Jevin Crier. And today we go over everything nootropics, and then we also hit a little bit of a fan Q and A, and we get into some great discussions on this. Um, but you want to stay in if you want to learn about all different types of nootropics, what to take how to take it, what will benefit you the most, then you're going to want to listen to this episode. And before we get to that, you guys all know Morphogen and I have teamed up together. You can use code Spada for 10% off. I am also doing a giveaway um, of my favorite product, Volugen. So go to my Instagram, um, go look at Spedafitness. Go look at one of my recent posts. Go tag a friend. Go follow the directions and enter the giveaway. It ends on Monday. So you're wanna get in this if you want to try one of Morphogen's best products. And also I do have a few spots open for my coaching. So the link is in the show notes to the coaching application. All you gotta do is fill that out and I'll get to you get back to you within the next twenty four hours. So I don't want to take up too much of your time. So let's get to the episode. Let's welcome on Jevin Cryer. We're all good, that? bro. I am. I am dead. I did a chest, chest and shoulders workout like two hours ago. I am fried.
1: <laughs> right on. I have a rest day. I usually take Sundays off, but um, I took Thursday through Sunday off just to recuperate and stuff. Do some more stretching. Yeah, the
0: the good old stuff so, that bodybuilders don't focus on.
1: Exactly, man. Like I tweaked my back a few weeks ago, and. It got recovered, does not time for my heavy hinge day. Yeah. I've been doing RDLs, right? But just because I never stretched or anything, I tweak it right back again. Yeah. And <laughs> it
0: just kept that's, happening. That's so frustrating, to be honest. Yeah, no, I yeah. I I do two days, one I do two days on, one day off. So yeah, so it's nice good, like and that. easy. So I do chest, shoulders, back, off, arms, and then legs. And smokes the hell out of me. We train to failure. So it's like, no such yeah, thing. Good. We don't do. I've had Steve Hall on the show. But we don't do RPE gang here. This is this is a train to failure type <laughs> podcast. Um, my kids are told not man. be happy with me if you heard this podcast.
1: I <laughs> uh, Yeah, the
0: thing with like training, uh, training,
1: literature and research, right? It's so arbitrary exactly. and like inconsistent person to person. Like, and those studies, like are they like me and you? Do they know what true failure is? Do they know how to train hard? Do they know how to contract hard? Like they can get a they can get by with doing whatever they do, that nonsense yeah. stuff. Now, so. it took,
0: it's taken a while <laughs> to get to, to get to do it. Um so like this is the whole mm-hmm. point of sending training videos. Like this is the big thing with yeah. sending training videos, is that like you're able to actually learn how to train to failure through those videos like that's the point it's that's yeah, the point of having exactly. number one a coach and number two just the videos in general it's also not only for form a lot of people just send them for form but there's also an intensity aspect that you have to look at when it comes to it <coughs>
1: of course but
0: yeah yeah no i am i am fried you know i'm starting to use more of the smith machine and it's really and yeah i'm starting to love it for all my chest movements to truly be honest i do like most well my main movement my smith incline press is my main chest driver that in the flat dumbbell because they're very safe uh i don't think yeah i don't think i'm gonna die and not having and honestly not having a true training partner right now is really difficult and i don't know how you do it do you have a, do you have a training partner
1: no i mean i guess ever so often i'll train with somebody but i prefer being by myself honestly because I like just putting on my headphones, just destroying my ears, and just you know, just yeah. just me time, right? I don't have to go in it. I didn't want to pace. Or I don't have to get caught talking for ten minutes. Yeah. Or whatever, you know. It's yeah, like no. doing my own. Thing. I had,
0: I had one. Yeah. I had one at school <laughs> that me and him were like we we get in our zone when we lift, so there's not much talking. It's literally just lifting and pushing each other. Um, there is like a little moment in between sets, but when you train, I wasn't trained the same way now that I was back then. Um, so it's been about two months of actually training to failure now. And it's completely changed. Like how my physique looks like I look dense, like now I'm starting to look dense and it's, and that's like, that's like the thing you were saying. It's so arbitrary when it comes to research studies and everything, because when the one problem I have in this industry and I was talking to my nutrition teacher and I was like, where are all the studies on bodybuilders and she's like there's not enough there's not enough of those sample sizes to even think about doing a study on bodybuilders and i was like i was like exactly hmm, i I feel like now being in the community i feel like there's a lot more of us than a lot of people think um but it's kind of just upsetting to me that you know a lot of studies are gen pop and then people try to relate it to us
1: exactly exactly dude
0: <laughs> uh so so let's get into what are we going to get into today um well this is going to be the first time we actually have q we actually have A. Q&A. so you have a few questions we'll get to that yeah. in a little bit but um you know one of my favorite things and this started to this started to happen when i started working with the company i was with previously which is RevUp nutrition um they added first time getting into it was nootropics um, I remember their first yeah. product that they came out with their uh, their pre workout B one had Lionsman in it, and coming from someone who has ADHD, that shit is exactly the same. Um, so we're just gonna start out with some with some nootropic talk. I don't know if you wanted to kind of briefly briefly sure, describe right? like how nootropics kind of work. Um, go into like the whole science behind it, if you want to dabble make it layman's term for most people but uh yeah. but let's just get <laughs> yeah, into that and then we'll discuss like some of our favorite ones <laughs> and what we've seen because you're kind of the it seems like you're the nerd scientist when it comes to trying out all these different types of things so we'll get i definitely am I we'll, like get in, we'll get we'll get into some of our <laughs> favorites uh but i kind of want to get the floor to you and kind of go into the all of nootropic talk
1: Yeah, so whenever someone asks me what a nootropic is, easiest way I tell them is it's anything that's relevant to brain function, right? So it can help you sleep better, help you think better, focus better, more energy, could be an antidepressant, anti-anxiety, et cetera. So the term nootropic, it's such a broad category. Uh, Most common one everyone knows is caffeine. Caffeine is a nootropic, right, because it helps you focus, energy, et cetera, perform better in the gym. So there's that, and then since it's such a broad category, scope you take what i just mentioned like it's attributes of a nootropic like antidepressant for example you go down that rabbit hole there's a hundred or so right that's the yeah. arbitrary number <laughs> <just> my gist <laughs> that and then you go into memory enhancing uh, nootropics there's a hundred right there as well so there's so many and then furthermore within that category they always like intertwined. it seems like like very and this is for supplements in general right very few supplements just do Exclusively one thing, uh, for example, like ashwagandha is commonly known for being an adaptogen, help your body adapt to stress. However, it does, I can think off the top of my head, it does at least 10 more things other than that. So it's so nuanced and intricate that they all affect one another. So that's how I look at them. And then it's from there. I love everything <laughs> pertaining yeah. to brain function, right? So, for example, you can Google um, supplements to raise dopamine. And you see this and then you get taken to an article, and then you go down that rabbit hole and just, it perpetuates itself. There's so many things to learn out there and it really is never ending. And it seems like there, there's something always coming out as a new nootropic because plants in particular, man, yeah. there is so many plants and mushrooms and like just their constituents within a plant that affect our biochemistry It's really, really neat stuff. Yeah,
0: a lot of people so. always think. For some reason, whenever you hear like some sort of like mushroom, always people kind of insinuate that it's like the drug, and you're like, you're like, no, yeah. it's like 100 <laughs> percent different. Um they kind of have. I I've never done them, so I can't I can't speak, but I mean Lion's Main's probably I'm gonna say lion's main's probably the most popular out of them all right now. Um
1: it's up there, yeah, it's, it's climbing the It's ranks. definitely
0: starting to get up there, but it's been a topic that hasn't been around for it's been around for what? I mean, it feels like it's been around for a while. Uh, you have Paul Shamit who you have it's Paul Shamit so who's been on Joe Rogan's podcast multiple times. Um, he goes into it. Um, Ben is a big person into this. Um,
1: yep. Yeah, I learned a lot from him when I was, yeah, you know, that's when
0: that's when I started to get into it. Was when I started listening to the Mind Muscle podcast or whatever, Muscle Intelligence. What am I? I listened to too many. <laughs> um, but, same here, dude. I think from an experience, I think a lot of people could benefit this because it counteracts kind of part of at least your focus too, especially when you combine them. I think this is something that you've definitely delved into, which is the combining of multiples because especially the way you do it is you really don't know what suits you until you test it on yourself and there's no harm with it. You're not going to find... There's not too many drawbacks from doing it, Um, at least that I've seen so far. You might get a slight dependent on it. Sometimes you might get anxiety or something from it if you take too much. Um, But if you're taking in the right matter, which just (laughs) a little – some of them work with just a little bit of caffeine, and it's like a lot of people consider it the kind of limitless drugs. Um, That's how – that's how I assume people describe it as when thinking about nootropics. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And like like you mentioned, with nootropics, insofar uh, as they're not like a stimulant, right? Because stimulants are yeah. nootropics, technically speaking. When you use them responsibly, there really is no detriment uh, when you don't have any pre-existing health conditions. For example, I would not recommend someone just raising their <laughs> dopamine a lot through. L- l-tyrosine especially like when they have depression or anxiety or something because there's always a pro and con when you deviate from our body's natural preference um like for example dopamine and serotonin they they share the same enzyme to break them down so if you raise too much dopamine as a result your serotonin will be compensated for and you will have imbalanced brain chemistry that is when you use it irresponsibly like you mentioned yeah and i think
0: a lot of people kind of going into this because I don't know if you kind of looked at it, but um, do you know how? And this is going to go into more of the brain function too because I'm really interested in it. Because like I mentioned, I had a, I have ADHD, um, and I compared Lion's Mane very similar to it. Um, that's kind of how we actually started our relationship. Is I remember seeing a Lion's Mane. Uh, I think it was a post that you made about Lion's Mane or um, what was the brand? What's the brand on Amazon? Yeah. Doublewood or something? Like that, um yeah. They're, they're really, really they're really good. I think they're really trustworthy. You always never know. Sometimes you get sketched out about brands exactly. with nootropics and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of when you <laughs> pop a thousand mil- when you pop a thousand milligrams of it, and it feels, it feels like I'm taking my ADHD medication without those drawbacks. Um, now you, yeah, really, yeah. This is actually like, yeah, that's.
1: So that's weird for me. Like, yeah, many people do say that they feel like immediate uh, mental benefit from Lion's Mane, but me personally, I don't really notice anything immediate. I love Lion's for like memory. It just seems whenever I take it consistently, like for like a month or so, yeah. like my memory is better. But I'll have to. I will ex- re experiment with it and do some trial and error to see if I had noticed anything. Yeah, it took me, me about.
0: Time. I would say it took me about like three or four days of consistently starting of like 4 I'd say 4 to 7 4 to 7 days um to of consistently taking a 1000 um was really when I started to feel the boost and especially being a bodybuilder when when I take my regular ADHD medication which is Focalin you take Focalin Adderall all this stuff Ritalin um the one thing that comes with it is literally any sort of of just suppression of appetite. Um, That's probably the biggest struggle that I've (laughs) gone through with it, which is why I tried to stop taking it, which is how I started to get into nootropics just because finding finding natural ways to boost that without taking away my ability to eat.
1: (laughs) Exactly, man. One thing to look into for ADHD, obviously I'm not a doctor, but you can make an educated guess about the biology.
0: What do you take? Yeah, I take, I take vitamin D3. Usually, I take. It's dependent on days like this where you can see in my background that it's sunny. Is I try to get like two walks in, so so sometimes okay, good. So yeah. sometimes dependent. Uh, usually, it's a, usually it's around five thousand. I use, but if I good. but if I know it's like a rainy ass day, I might bump that. I might do double the dose just from not being able to walk outside and stuff like that um because Mm -hmm. you do notice good i think this is one thing that a lot of people don't figure is outside actually affects you a lot um but
1: exactly i was i was going to mention that's why i asked vitamin d uh it was a long time ago i listened to a podcast with ben pikulski and like he interviewed some neuroscientists like sunlight exposure vitamin d those parameters affect our biology very heavily and even more so having like kids kids this Asian generation—they're on the uprise for uh, excess ADHD, mental dysfunction, etc. Partly due to because lack of sunlight, they're put yeah. playing video games too much, and then late into the night when they're supposed to be asleep, like at 11 p.m., they have an iPad right in front of their face, which is artificial light, hindering their body's ability to secrete melatonin, thereby resulting in impaired brain function, and then it's a the cycle perpetuates yeah. and perpetuates. So that's good though. Vitamin D three is one of the few supplements I make all my clients take if they get. Yeah, I am. Um,
0: that's the one. That's the one I just try to. It's it just works. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: You notice, especially if you're a male, you will notice it. You will notice a drastic difference. Um, if, yeah, when you start With taking. Vitamin like, D. At least for me, when I started taking it, um, we're getting off the topic of nootropics, but we're going in. We're going into all these types of talks because yeah. this is really interesting. Um, <laughs> that's good though right away kind of after it's similar like after a week of consistently taking it you start to just feel the benefits you start to feel more energized and stuff like that um especially being from pa or somewhere northeast i recommend basically everybody take it uh, because once you get to the winter yeah. time and i remember this is from ben pakulski's thing is he was like when you have exposure to sunlight um it helps you process your carbs a lot better which is why he says so that he ups his carbs during the summer and then lowers them during the winter which is really an interesting type which is really interesting it's yeah rational. it is but because he kind of yeah. got he he's got some views that are really interesting um not gonna lie the guys the guy knows what yeah. he's talking about but um but <laughs> it just you feel you feel a lot better when you have that vitamin going through your body
1: you want to hear a quick fun yeah. fact Have you heard of seasonal uh, affective depression or disorder? That is why uh, vitamin D is literally a part of the process of making serotonin. So if you're deficient in vitamin D, inevitably you're deficient in serotonin. Mm. Plus, D3 affects overall biology, like I mentioned. It affects your ability to make testosterone, all the male hormones, plays a role in insulin sensitivity, so many, so many things. And it's super cheap, too, which is Yeah, that's
0: the one thing. You get like a... I think I have like a five hundred like a five hundred capsule little little bottle for like it's like ten bucks or something. It's like ridiculously cheap. So yeah. people don't realize sometimes sometimes supplements can be a lot of money. And then some things, yeah. But if you look at it, and we're gonna I'm gonna bring this back to nootropics, with that double wood that I took for Lions mane, like two months worth is like it was like it was like bucks, eighteen right? bucks or something. And if you could get the benefits right away from it, which some might, um, I think it helps. But I want to also tie back to your point that you made about um, the video games and being indoors is one thing I don't like, I do like, but I don't like is a lot of people are starting to use nootropics for that, um, which is good, which is is interesting interesting. because you look at brands like like ghost or you look at more of the mainstream brands like big they, are yeah like they're all coming out with like gamer like gamer uh like supplement lines um which is really interesting to kind of look at um
1: it's a right? weird niche yeah i personally would just use pre <laughs> workout or a new, or an isopick blend or whatever but i mean i used to be a big gamer but nowadays if i ever play ps4 it's like for 30 yeah. minutes to an hour at a time I would would not waste, like, a $2 serving of a supplement to play video games. Unless, like, it was my job. Like, I'm a competitive player, but I'm not. so
0: Yeah, and I also think this light that I'm pointing at right here that's shining in my face, the one thing I have noticed, which has been awesome, and I think it's from that same thing that you were talking about, which is kind of the blue light. All my stuff's on night mode, by the way. Any time of the day, it's all on night mode, which is a lot of people so like whenever it comes off it comes off for like 3 minutes during my day because like the timer only goes for like a day and then there's like 1 minute where you get regular light for your computer and your phone and i'm like oh this is what this is what it looks like when you have blue light on your phone cuz i never really realized it cuz most of the time it's on it's on night mode so it's all yellow and i'm like oh this is what this picture pictures look so much nicer when they're not on night mode um Yeah. Uh, But uh I think that's also a benefit that a lot of people could take away too from this episode. It's like shut your damn lights off like an hour or two before bed.
1: Or get some blue-eyed blocking glasses. I use those. Yeah, it's super important. Um if your viewers didn't know artificial light at night, so like a computer, phone, oven light, bathroom light, etc. Your body can't tell the difference between that and sunlight. So your body, your brain specifically thinks that it's daytime. And as a result, your brain does not secrete melatonin nowhere near as efficiently, thereby resulting in a harder time to fall asleep, insomnia, yeah. et cetera. So the cheapest thing you can do, Amazon has like a $15 pair of blue glasses, and they make you fall asleep easier, stay asleep, yeah. better sleep. They're super, super. I also beneficial. always
0: wanted to try this because I've heard <laughs> people talk about it is one of those sun lamps. You know, this is, yeah. this is really I've interesting because I haven't, I haven't really studied upon it yet. Um, I kind of want to look into the benefits of them, but a lot of people actually have them. Um, I I heard AJ Morris, I believe he was talking about it or something. Someone was talking about it and they were talking about like that. They use that whenever it's like a rainy day. So like, it's kind of like me popping 10,000 I use vitamin D three. They're getting it. Like (laughs) apparently that light actually secretes like what the sunlight would be outside. So you actually can produce that. All those serotonin and melatonin and everything really efficiently and effectively through a light, which is actually really interesting to me.
1: I'll have to look yeah. into that for sure. Um
0: and I kind of want to get into something. We're gonna bring this back to Tropics right now. I'm gonna get into your uh top three kind of favorite ones and and why Whoa. and why they are your favorite. I'm very generic. I'm very generic yeah. with mine. I'm gonna discuss mine after you discuss yours, but mine are just Basic ones because I haven't delved into it as much, but I know you have. I know you yeah. have some pretty good ones that I think that tough. I think might strike a chord with you.
1: <laughs> so overall, like just no um, you can category if I just yeah I you can break it down to categories or... it's up to
0: you. Um, you're the you're the you're kind of more the expert on this than I am, so you can uh decide. I'll I'll do that. I'll make
1: I'll pick one for like each of my. The three categories, I uh, constitute nootropics, if you will, like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast. However, I would say uh, increased energy focus as one category, memory, and then uh, cortisol regulation, melatonin, anti-anxiety, etc. i say yeah. those are the three categories, right? Starting off, shoot, I would say for memory, I would go with lion's mane. It's a mushroom, as like we mentioned, right? Um, Lion's mane increases nerve growth factor and brain drive neurotrophic factor. Those are two proteins that they're like fertilizer for our brain cells, right? So they protect them from getting damaged. Uh, They replace damaged ones with healthy and new ones. They help neurons, which are brain cells or overall cells of the nervous system. They help neurons survive and mature. Uh, What else? Lion's mane also increases, uh, synapses between brain cells so if you haven't taken any psychology or uh, fundamental biology classes between brain cells there's a very very tight space called a junction and without being too sciencey that this has a brain chemical say serotonin in this neuron it passes through this tight space into this next neuron and then down the chain lion's mane increases the synapses between neurons so essentially more brain cells can talk to more of each other more efficiently right Also, uh, my lion's mane can rebuild the myelin sheath, and another biology lesson. uh, Surrounding each brain cell is a fatty uh, cholesterol-type protein-type insulator, if you will. It's like a coat around the cell to protect them. It allows for much more efficient electrical and chemical signals throughout brain cells. Think of it like a wire. We have uh, a coating on the wire, right, to insulate it and keep things flowing efficiently lion's mane can rebuild those mm-hmm. so if your if your neurons like if the myelin sheath gets damaged or something uh and that an inevitable byproduct would be impaired communication to your brain cells right so lion's mane can rebuild those which is super super neat plus the nerve growth factor and the brain derived neurotrophic factor so that those three things just off the bat improve your brain health your brain cell plus lion's mane does some cool things like for heart health Gut health. Um, I think it has some anti-cancer and anti-diabetic properties. So yeah, my lion's mane is super, super cool. Um, honestly, I'm experimenting with that. I rotate between lion's mane, bacopa monnieri for memory, and then phosphatidylserine for memory. But like I mentioned earlier in the video, all nootropics do many, many things. I can't really just say this only does memory. I will, I will discuss phosphatidylserine very shortly because that's my favorite thing probably stress management and since we're on the topic let's discuss it phosphatidylserine is a fatty acid we can't obtain through food right so how it works biologically uh, within our cells every cell has a cell membrane and within that cell there's certain things that constitute or comprise that cell membrane to keep it strong and resilient phosphatidylserine is one of the uh, one of the factors in making those cell membranes so if you're deficient your brain cells cannot transfer proteins enzymes hormones neurotransmitters messages in general etc through that brain cell into another brain cell just because the cell membrane is uh, inefficient if you will so phosphatidylserine we can rebuild those um it helps with dopamine and serotonin production uh it increases more mitochondria so Fundamental mitochondria is the power yeah, the, of the cell. Yeah, right? the biology lesson where... that
0: everybody should know.
1: <laughs> exactly. So with more mitochondria, theoretically, your cells can perform better and more efficiently. Lastly, pertaining to stress, I just learned this uh, through Jeff Black, who's another bodybuilding coach. Phosphatidylserine can repair cortisol mm. receptors. So if your receptor is misshaped or damaged, etc. The hormone or neurotransmitter cannot adequately bind to it, thereby it won't uh, have as prominent as an effect. Also, phosphatidylserine, um, phosphatidylserine uh, reduces adrenocorticotropin hormone, yeah. which, without being too sciencey, is like I think it's the first or second step yeah. in the stress response. The final step is cortisol releasing and eliciting its characteristics. Uh, the first one is adrenocorticotropic hormone that pretty much tells the adrenal glands to secrete cortisol. So it's like the first player in the stress response. Phosphatidylserine can impede that or regulate it make it more efficient so there's not excess cortisol flowing throughout our biology. So that is my favorite thing for stress, sleep. It's very good for memory too, I found anecdotally. Um, for the last one, for like energy... I'll do two because I can't yeah. just pick one. <laughs> L-tyrosine and as of now, I'm going to say CDP-choline. L-tyrosine is very, very simple. It's, a, it's an amino acid that converts into either thyroid hormone, but in the case of metropics, it can convert into dopamine and subsequently into adrenaline and noradrenaline uh, as a result, resulting in more focus, more energy. You, you feel happier. You learn muscle skills better. Um, and CDP choline, if I recall, it's a a choline donor, right? Uh, converting into acetylcholine potentially. Acetylcholine is a neurotransmitter associated with learning, memory formation, muscle contraction, even growth hormone potentiation. Uh, CDP choline also uh, facilitates cell membrane repair, making more synapses like we just discussed with lion's mane, um, increases dopamine, uh and yeah so dopamine and acetylcholine for raising mental drive short term serine for stress management and sleep and memory and lion's man for memory and and overall. you just
0: started and we were just discussing this the other day too because you made a post about it um what's your experiment that you're doing right now uh that you're what's the new ones that what's that oh, make so you're doing CD so- choline okay
1: I was. I guess I'm like okay. two days left with CDP coin, then I'll start. I'll start Alpha GPC. But yeah, I will start Alpha GPC and uh, Bukoponiri, just a trial. This is really w- weird, or whatever you want to say. But I was doing Lion's Mane and CDP, okay. and, and CDP colon together. I have a memory recall of how that affected me. Then I just did searing and CDP coin together. I had a memory recall of how that affected me. And in a few days I'll be starting Alpha GPC and Bacopa Montieri together. So to see what happens. And then I'll probably uh, take all six of those or whatever and mix match them. So I'll do Lions Man and Alpha GPC together. Yeah. Just <laughs> experiment, I you know? know? It's the best That's way to do it. To
0: really be honest, because you find what works and you find what doesn't. There's and it's pretty easy. Exactly. And like you said, you kind of have a mental recall of what they do. It's very easy to know mm-hmm. which ones work and which ones don't um there's a very noticeable difference exactly. in especially memory like, function honestly when it comes to it
1: you know have you yeah. heard of theanine L-theanine? honestly dude i'm not the biggest fan really? of that <laughs> like I, I i'm taking it personally i don't take it consistently but whenever i take it like with stimulus to mellow things out i don't notice that big of like a hmm. difference however i really do like inositol ashwagandha and serine in in uh, replacement of theanine. I find that that coupled with stimulants really hones things down, just makes it more focused, more energy. You're not as jittery, anxious, etc. So yeah, give that a might, shot, dude. Uh,
0: <laughs> because I'm gonna look. Let me get some real quick.
1: And I will try theanine again. I have like probably like 30 servings left just to finish it. I'll take it. That morpho brain, it's
0: morphocom.
1: Dang! I want to try more Pro Brain. I want to
0: try this new one because I want to try dynamite. Have... And a lot of people have been, yeah, a lot of people have been shit. talking about this freaking dynamite. And I talked with Ben. I had Ben on the show, and the stuff that they're coming out was pretty damn cool. Uh, but, but uh that's awesome. Yeah.
1: I have the OG more really? Brain still. Before they oh. change the formula, it's strong, dude. dude. He, it's strong. He
0: does. This is like, okay, we're gonna plug here. Because I do work with Morpho. I do work with Morphogen Nutrition. Um, you can use Spada for 10% off if you want. Um, but there we go. I think Morpho Calm uh, has been one of the best products in the market for stress.
1: Oh, crap, dude. I forgot to tell you. Before I forget, take Morpho Calm. Take a serving with any pre-workout you're choosing, dude.
0: Even – okay, see, here's it's the It's crazy. Thing. So I actually talked about this the other day. I it's... don't do well with caffeine anymore. <laughs> so, caffeine like crack. Okay. So, I know you're like a stim Them, The amount of pre-workouts <laughs> that this guy has opened and that he has in his in his storage is actually kind of ridiculous. <laughs> um, I
1: think it's yeah, 12 or 13. Um, but,
0: honestly, I get cracked out over it, which is why I started getting into nootropics too. Because, especially when you look there at something, go. which is why this is one of my favorite, which is uh, Hooperzine A. Um, I need need it. Do you have? Have have you tried it with any? Have you ever tried any non-stim pump pre-workouts with it in it?
1: Yeah, so I've had Hooper's like in pre-workouts, and as of now, I'm not too impressed with it. I'm gonna have to buy a bottle separate. I want to. I want to buy a bottle separate,
0: but for for now, I noticed that. But it might also just be me because I know how to get into my flow when I'm working out. Kind of. Um, I put one song on repeat. For the whole, work. yeah, just one song. It's 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 one. Every no, it's always a different. It's always a different song. It's always a different song. But I know, but still, yeah, one song. Only one song. Because if I get the mind, if wow. I get the mind muscle connection <laughs> right with the one song, it's like I know it's going to be there and throughout the workout, I know there's not going to be like, especially when you're in the middle of a set. I can't. I hate the one thing I hate is when the song changes in the middle of a set. Um, it really frustrates me. Um, because then it like because you could go from especially the music tours as i choose i choose more instrumentals from from like movies um so to go yeah. from like that and i have a few rap songs in my workout playlist so if it goes from like that to like blood on the leaves by kanye west it's it's it just like blows my brain kind of out yeah but are, um, uh yeah but I also also new kathy kind of <laughs> cracked me out so the one thing I noticed with Huberzine A, and I do got to do what you what you had to do. I want to experiment on its own, kind of taking it as its own because um, I don't think that ValiGen has any in it. Mm-hmm.
1: It has rodeo. Yeah, Rose they have that. Recall. They also have
0: cortisaps, which is freaking awesome. So
1: it's crazy, dude. Like so many pre guys and nootropic blends, I can like just look at the label, like I have it implanted <laughs> in my mind, so I can just recall, like, oh. Someone asked me, how is Total War by Redcon? I was like, oh, it's mediocre. I just visualized it. Because it's a big-time brand.
0: I'm not going to shit on them because I like – because yeah. some of their stuff is good, like Cluster Bomb. The fact that you can get a Cluster Dextrum for that kind of cheat is, like, is really kind of um, insane. But uh, the one thing I like about Hooperzine A that I've noticed with, at least with some pre-workouts, is that it just drives – you get that little, like, zone into – things. And that's kind of how I like to work out. So it's, uh, so yeah, me too. I've noticed it. I think this is where it comes with the experimentation. It might not work for you. Uh, but the one thing I've noticed that it could benefit a lot of people is it really helps kind of put that focus into one thing. Um, it puts, you, it's like yep. putting horse blinders on. Um, you're not, you're not looking side to exactly. side. You're literally just focused on what it is. But I also believe that, with that comes, you got to think about how you're working out too. You got to think about what's your situation when you're working out with that. I think there's factors with it. When there's a lot of people around, I, I need to take something like a nootropic because it's just, there's with my ADHD, there's too many things going on, too many people moving around for me to, too many yeah, people too, many people doing, too many people doing, too many people doing two ball squats at the gym. Um, no, actually I belong to like a bodybuilder type gym. So actually people know how to train, which is quite interesting. Uh, Yeah. But that's the one thing that's one of my favorites. Um, I'm also going to go with lion's mane. Like I said, I'm very generic with these and I'm also not as intelligent as you are with all these functions, but I'm going to say from like a regular person's perspective, it helped with the ADHD. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, that's been the one big thing that I saw is like, when I was studying for classes, and this is why I wrote, I wrote a comment on yours it, before about it. And it was like, I was, I was like studying for that is so easy. Um, memory, the memory function gets increased, especially And a, and the one thing that a lot of people think is once they run out of the bottle, it's like done, but like, if you keep taking it over and over, it's never going to stop your growth with your brain to truly be honest. Like, we don't know there's endless possibilities with these things. Um, which is the most interesting part because your brain can develop so many different cells and so many different nerve growth that you should be taking these anyway. Um, yeah, it's, that's like the most fascinating part about it is it's just like, it's just and like, yeah, there's, there's not huge amount of studies on it, but it's also like from anecdotal evidence, it's so many people experience great things. From them from taking them consistently over time that it's like why not if if
1: i forgot to mention dude um lion's mane and bokopamani area in particular i think there are some studies on them like with alzheimer's and dementia and like yeah. parkinson's patients i think so, yeah because as the, as their cognitive function declines you can use those supplements to help combat or mitigate the risk so that yeah. is and super then
0: neat. i'm gonna go back with so we're saying ashwagandha is one
1: yeah a nootropic okay
0: definitely i'm gonna say definitely, this definitely. from a perspective of someone who i actually use it twice a day so i also use morpho test too which a lot of people don't think test boosters work but if you're in the specific environment where it's me as a natural i mean i i had high stress levels um and my test levels were very very low being a 22 year old they were like the level of like a fifty five year old. Um I take it with it's in Morpho test and also in MorphoCom. And I've never felt like more at peace throughout the day. Um and especially yeah when you turn off the lights at night. And I always take it and I think this comes down to two when you also take your stuff because that also can have an effect. Um but once I take MorphoCom, it's like I know within like 10 minutes it's going to be like peace and serenity for a while. And KSM, you can get that. Um, Sensory, right? I think that's how you say it. Well, yeah, yeah. sensorial Yeah. Uh, that, one, yeah. that one's that one been huge because it has a higher, I believe it's it has some sort of like, it's like a higher percentage than KSM. Um,
1: yep. I think sensorial I think it's greater than 10% and KSM yeah. is less than 5%. But still, even if you get 5%. So,
0: um yeah ksm yeah i I love love it it just from the fact that like yes ashwagandha can have this is one of them where it can have that anxiety type thing um if you have anxiety you might want to go to a doctor first before you take ashwagandha um exactly i do I i have anxiety but i also knew that over time this was going to work um and it has it actually has helped kind of weaned down my anxiety so which is pretty interesting so i think ashwagandha is in the top in in my top three in general um i think people who don't have generalized anxiety or general or like depression can really benefit from ashwagandha in general especially if and i think the best times are i think there's three good times to take it which you might not agree with the third time, but the first time is when you wake up because that's why I take my morpho test Uh, second time throughout the day might be, it might be post-workout. And I've heard, and I've heard about this from a calming substance standpoint that it's really good because you yeah. can get to your parasympathetic nervous system. You can get to a PNS really quickly, at least more, more effective, yep. more efficiently than if you were just to go on a drive or something. Um, and then an hour before bed, I think those are the three best times to do it. Um, especially I haven't tried it post-workout yet, but I've heard people use things post-workout. And then by the time they get home, they're like starving. And I'm like, you're doing it right. I was like, so it's working. So (laughs) those are my top. So my top three are, I think Ashwagandha is number one for me. Um, number two is going to be Lion's Mane because I've experimented with it on the side as its own and then huperzine a which is in most if if you need to find pre-workouts and stuff like that if it has find one that just has nootropics in it because if it doesn't have a good focus blend which is a lot of which is, for most people it's just caffeine and l tyrosine um which mm-hmm. i also don't i actually you do you like tyrosine. yeah i think yeah, it's I good love it. uh theanine's all right um I agree with you on that one. Um, it's interesting. But there's so but it's yeah, so man. interesting. But I think those are my top three just from the basis, but it's all up to preference, I will say that to end that because it's exactly it's just once you find things that work, stick to them and do them for a long time.
1: <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing. Um obviously looking yeah. at the research, but even more more important, whether it's placebo or not, yeah. experiment with yourself. So People like to bash on placebo all the time, but if placebo helps you perform better, Not or much. have better memory, or have you have better sleep, or whatever, then I would continue yeah. to do it. Right? It's actually in, so, It's con- actually continue at it. So, yeah.
0: I so I started taking so I bought MorphoCom. So I got like a gift card for Christmas, and I think so I had really bad anxiety around that time, and this just comes from thing where I was kind of nervous to take it again. Uh, is when I got ready for bed, my heart kind of started to race a little bit more. And I was like, hmm. Yeah, After you took it? and I was interested to figure it out, but I realized that like at that point in time my stress levels were just so high because I also wasn't getting proper sleep. I wasn't my nutrition wasn't the best, I would say. Like I worked I worked at a bar when I was in school. So mix mix going to bed at like two AM at like 3 30 a.m waking up at like 8 a.m um also just mixed with this stuff (laughs) like when your stress and your anxiety is kind of higher um adding that supplement really kind of had a negative impact in a way but now that everything is under control and once you have control of all your variables then you can start adding in this stuff because this stuff's just icing on the cake um so, but that was just something I wanted yeah, to bring up right. because it was really interesting. Because I, that's where I noticed the anxiety and everything from because it was like taking that kind of heightened it a little bit, which was interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. But let's get into some of these. Uh, we'll we'll touch on some more. I want to touch on these. Let's get into the first ever, I guess, Q and A on the show. Um, I never done this before, so let's see what we got here. I know you got a few questions. I didn't get any questions, so let's for people i kind of want to make this a new thing so for people listening to this episode um if you guys want us to do this more often um not us in general i mean with me with more guests um let me know because i think this is pretty cool to see different perspectives and answer people's questions
1: all right well since we were on the nootropic uh, vector we will answer one question about nootropics (laughs) and it's l tyrosine will it cause withdrawal question mark cycle it or nah what's the dosage and everything relevant to tyrosine oh okay
0: you want to start this one so off?
1: yeah um will it cause withdrawal um i don't think so honestly i don't know the science behind it or i don't know the all of the science yeah. relevant to it me personally i've never had a withdrawal from it um matter of fact a book i just read for viewers, you don't know, I yeah. read about the books. <laughs> um, there is, we have this enzyme called transferase COMT for short. COMT breaks down catecholamines, which are your dopamine, adrenaline, noradrenaline, as well as estrogen. Um, if you have a fast COMT, that means you, uh, caffeine doesn't, uh, like it hits you hard, but it doesn't last very long. Uh, you're more prone to ex- uh, anxiety and depression. Um, so it was recommended in the book. Supplementing L-tyrosine may be a good thing because you have such a fast enzyme breaking down your dopamine. You can add in more uh, supplemental tyrosine to facilitate okay. dopamine conversion, and thereby result in better mood, better focus, uh, etc. For dosing, uh, I personally I love two grams. That's my sweet spot. I've seen companies up to th- have have up to three grams of tyrosine. Uh, one gram is sufficient. Um, I've seen five hundred milligrams, but yeah, me personally, I love two thousand milligrams. Yeah, I think I think
0: somewhere around two. Well, yeah, for me, somewhere around two grams kind of works. But I also am not a stim person, so I might. Uh, so this is oh, interesting yeah. because it coincides with how much caffeine you're intaking, Which I guess we'll get into the cy- The cycling part is going to be the interesting part of this question exactly and i forgot to mention so tyrosine and like a lot of
1: nootropics that influence dopamine uh, and adrenaline and noradrenaline they're technically not stimulants but they increase our natural production of stimulatory or excitatory yeah. brain chemicals for example like taking methamphetamine it raises your dopamine a lot um Contrarily, rhodiola rosea is a nootropic. It raises your dopamine, but nowhere near to the extent as meth. So it like wakes your brain up, but it's not a stimulant, meaning it doesn't affect your heart rate or blood pressure. That's easier explained. And I think we covered everything about tyrosine, or at least my on my end. Uh, what are your
0: final mm. remarks? I just think, honestly, I like it because it gives. If I ever did when I when I supplemented with it. And I used it with caffeine. The one thing I did notice is is it's, like you kind of mentioned, it's that nice kind of you get a smooth kind of just actionable kind of feeling from the caffeine rather than you get that hit and then you're up and then you come straight down. Um, I think this is why people use it in pre-workouts and stuff like that, just from the fact that when you put 300 milligrams of caffeine in it, um you're yeah you're going to want it to kind of last through your whole workout um so <laughs> you don't want to crash so i have seen kind of positives from it when it comes from that um other than that i haven't really experimented with it other than from the pre-workout standpoint but during a during a workout it does help with making the caffeine have a smoother effect on on me rather than sometimes having like i said that cracked out feeling uh, so exactly.
1: And yeah, with, you can only do so much with yeah. caffeine and stimulants, right? You, there's so many vectors, so many different avenues, if you will, uh, that can influence your brain function. It doesn't make much sense just to go this one route. When you have 10 other routes, you can go to help all synergize and uh, benefit yeah. cognitive function. This is where nootropics are becoming more and more prevalent pre workouts because people are learning, Oh yeah, 500 milligrams of caffeine it makes me feel good for one workout, but then you crash, you have a tolerance build up, etc. Yeah. So let's go another route. Let's influence some other vectors of biology. And This is where altering alpha. I think that's. I think that's back. why it's nice oh. to
0: have. That's why I think like the most caffeine. If I ever use it, and it's really interesting because I actually don't use pre workouts with caffeine in them. I use. I use non-stim pump pre-workouts, but I also sometimes I have a little bottle of caffeine pills on the side 200 milligrams, but every now and then when yeah. you're using it and 200 milligrams should be enough for any person to get through a workout. Um, as long as you're not, this is where the cycling part is. You have to, you have to cycle through the caffeine. L-tirizine, I don't know if you had to. I don't know if you have to cycle through it. Um, it might be beneficial to cycle through it with your caffeine, but it has other effects mm-hmm. that are that you don't need to. Um, I think most nootropics shouldn't be cycled; they should be used kind of year round. Uh, but some of them can. Yeah. Uh, but I think, but like I said, every time I use it with a non-stim, I feel like it works so much better because the non-stims, at least that I'm using, have have these nootropics in them, so it just exasperates that. 200 milligrams to do its effect of what it's needed to which is to give me kind of that little spark of energy but more of that focus kind of through it for sure um <laughs> next question thoughts on internet
1: <laughs> so okay i don't know exactly what he means um i guess generally speaking this is where i, I deviate yeah. from mainstream I really do believe if you were to have equal calories, so 2,000 calories a day, spread throughout six meals a day, Um, I do believe if you were to intermittent fast and eat in the morning all your 2,000 calories, one meal, I do believe that would be more healthy, more beneficial to our biology and metabolism. Um, Generally speaking, we are slightly more insulin sensitive in the daytime, in the morning, and it declines at night. That's not saying that if you eat carbs at night, you're going to immediately get fat. I'm just saying you're not as likely to uh, partition and assimilate carbohydrates to their fullest extent compared to eating the same amount during the daytime. Um, so that's just my stance. I find it really yeah. good for digestion. Like on my rest days, I, on my rest days, I prefer not to eat till like 2 PM or so. And then just, yeah, not eat and just let uh, GI take a rest. And then from there, eat all my food in that six to eight hour window. And I notice next morning, my stool quality, my bloat, et cetera, is much yeah. better. So yeah. I just me I, personally.
0: I re- So I kind of, so at least when I wake up, I typically give myself a few hours, at least when I wake up to kind of not eat. I think this is kind of, it's not really a whole intermittent fasting. I might do like a 10 hour eating window rather than a... Rather than just an eight-hour or six-hour eating window like a lot of people do, um, I've never used it on a rest day. I want to try it. Um, I just have the one thing I just I kind of like is at least my protein spacing has to be there. Um, I mean I'm taking in like 250 grams of protein a day. That's a good so point. It just to, to
1: mention. If you're going yeah, to build muscle, there's a thing I would. where
0: you said healthy. <laughs> In terms of, of with bodily functions and I'm like, um, I'm like bodybuilders typically aren't doing the most healthy things. I will say even as <laughs> even as someone who is a natural, it's I'm not doing the most healthiest things to my body. First of all, you're not supposed to be eating like this much food. Um, I'm close. I yeah. mean, I'm only at like 3000 calories on training days, uh, like 2450 on non. Um, So it's not too bad. So I could get away with it if I wanted to. Uh, but I do notice those days where I give my stomach those extra few hours after waking up. Um, I do notice like my stool is better, my digestion's better. Um, I partition my carbs so much better when you give it just a little bit of a break. Um, because I mean, at night all my meals after I only have one meal usually after like 6 p.m. So it's protein, fats, basically, and just like green beans. Mm-hmm. So barely any carbs, it's like six grams of carbs. So we're not gonna let it's not anything where it's like, oh, yes. Yeah, um, so I think, so I think coming from that perspective, when you're trying to build muscle? No. But when you're trying to actually put when you're actually trying to lose weight, I think intermittent fasting can have can definitely have its place because I've used it before. And it works successfully. So I think it just comes a matter of what your goal is and what, and what you're pursuing, because I think when it comes to muscle gain, you need to get in all your food and a lot of people, and you know, because you're like the metabolism King over here with what your clients are eating. <laughs> um, like when you, <laughs> so it just depends on your goal, but I find, but I will agree with you that it can It does have great benefits if you implement it correctly.
1: Correct, like yeah, gold, like you mentioned,
0: goal dependent. If your goal is to
1: maximize muscle growth, probably not. If your goal is to maximize health and digestion, then I would for some sort of uh, altered eating window. And last question is, how high could you theoretically (laughs) build a metabolism? Is is there a limit, and what is a limiting factor? Well, this is.
0: Man, I find this to be genetic based. Um, I fully, it also depends on what you're doing. So actually I have a client right now who is a lifeguard at the beach. So not only is he in sun all day, he's saving lives and he's just like burning through a ton of calories. I keep pushing his calories and he's not gaining a single in a single bit of body weight and he keeps actually kind of losing weight. So every week, and this is really frustrating because you kind of want to have those weeks where you say like no changes made, because those are kind of some of the best weeks where you don't need to make any changes. But every week I'm like, and he's like struggling to eat because he's a lifeguard. So it's not like he has plenty of time. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you might need to start changing some calorie dense foods because I know you want to eat clean. You just got to pack a shit ton of rice and a shit ton of chicken and just eat that shit. Um, but it comes down to it comes down to genetics yeah. like and what you're doing. Like he can, he can pound. I think I have him at like he's at like 450 carb now. We started at 320, like like three months ago. I was like, it takes time to build up metabolisms. Um, especially especially Definitely. you've seen it. Some people come with destroyed, absolutely catastrophic i was one of them with my with my coach but uh it's basically the same thing as if it's goal dependent and also it's it or it's individualized from that but i think and my coach has someone on 1200, 1200 carbs so um i
1: know that i know that guy
0: because yeah
1: guy, cody larson <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he doesn't
0: he oh, even together. Dude, we talked the other day. I'm like, how the freak are you pounding this much food? And he's like, I really don't know. And I'm like, and he's like, and he still has shredded glutes. I'm like, why do you have shredded glutes with 1,200 carbs in you, dude? I'm like, I get like, <laughs> I get like fat off like my, by the time my whole body changes by the time I wake up compared to when I go to bed, I'm like on like 360 carbs. I'm like, <laughs> you freaking genetic gift. <laughs>
1: And how I recall, um, I think he's doing like twenty yes. k steps, steps a day, or something like he. Yeah, that's what
0: that's because we had the same coach, so it's like, that's ridiculous. I'm like, I wish I could. Like, you're gonna make you're gonna make losing, you're gonna make cutting down for a bodybuilding show so easy because you're on that many calories.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, how high can we theoretically build it? This is a good point. Um, I think for me personally. Every client I've had that we've got to such insane food intake uh, before they reach their ultimate end goal or whatever, uh, they're just sick of yeah. eating that much food. And honestly, I am a bit intense, if you will, with programming, nutrient timing, etc. cetera. Meaning uh, I only place carbs like three times throughout the day, really. Post-workout, <laughs> intra-workout, and then either pre-workout or first meal of the day, which is breakfast, and then just, I like to work, work those up, right? So like saying a, a client is at 200 grams of carbs, post-workout, 100 grams of carbs, intra workout, and 150 grams of carbs at breakfast. I have them eat that. Oh, I should mention the rest of the meals yep. are just protein and fat. They eat, they eat those meals. Next check-in, hey coach, weight dropped two pounds. Or hey coach, weight didn't budge at all. So then I will give them like either a 25 to a 50 gram carbohydrate increase at whatever meal. So let's say, hey, man, add 50 grams of carbs to uh, meal four, post workout meal. Let's see what happens. And it's from there, keep titrating up, man. Uh, you can have people like at 200 grams of carbs per meal go up to 300 grams of carbs per meal within a month, and their weight will not budge. Their body count will not change except just getting yeah. more tissue. Yeah. And so nine times out of 10, it's they're just sick of eating. And if they do complain about eating that many carbs or whatever at a meal, I will, of course, Place carbs with fat at a different meal just to ease
0: some of the uh, calorie yeah, eating they I have think to do. The one thing I noticed from myself right now, at least bumping. So we bumped up like 30. We bumped up like 30 carb this week. Um, Like it's just it's not even like my, my weight is increasing on the scale, but it's increasing in at a rate that's really good. But it's also like every single week I'm filling out more and more. But it's coming from also the intensity of your training. So when you, yeah, when you keep increasing your intensity in your training to help work training, you're earning those carbs. It's like your body needs it. Exactly. If you if you, start, if you start training to failure and you're not eating enough, your body's going to start dropping weight. Like when we first started with my coach, I was I think I was one sixty seven point five, and I think. Within like the first like two to three weeks, I within like the first two weeks I dropped down to like one sixty five point six or something, um, from just a switch of training and getting like my muscle connection correct. Finally, Um, thank God, it only took like four years. Uh, But uh, (laughs) but when you're when you're intensity training, like I'm now back to we're almost two months in, and I'm back up to like around one. I think today what I weigh in at. I'm just gonna give myself what I weigh today. I think I weighed in fat today. Uh, One sixty seven point six. So we're back up two pounds. But I'm. F- but if you've seen you've seen some of my photos, I am I'm putting on density. Yeah. Like it's not like I'm getting I'm getting full. Like I'm not getting fat. I'm getting full, which is a really weird. It's really That's it's good. a really weird feeling. And I don't know how you feel about this because I've I've looked at myself in the mirror and I'm like I don't feel fat. I'm walking around light. But by the time I'm done my rest day, I feel just like like from the extra bit of fat, I just feel really full in my muscles. And I'm like, I'm kind of in this, like, what the heck is going on type feeling? Um, but it's just but, yeah, if, man. but if you're putting on <laughs> and it comes down to listening to your coach too, because they could tell the difference between fat and muscle gain. Um, so I think that one's really interesting because I like I like seeing how far it's you super can push. Cool. And I'm only at the beginning of my real push and I'm just and my coach keeps saying I'm just filling out every single week. So as long as I'm filling out and he thinks I'm not getting fat, I'm I might look I might look a bit chubby when like I'm relaxed like now, like fully relaxed, like sitting down. Like yeah. But in the morning when I weigh in and I take my progress photos, like I just fill out. It's different. It's a different look. I don't consider someone. It's just how you look throughout the day. You're not going to look the best.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's like when I first started coaching people. My first client, I built his metabolism up like four thousand calories. Is this uh? Right
0: is this uh? Josh. Josh. No, no. I don't have a what client. Josh, I don't oh, think I ever had. Sheets. It. Why is my name? <laughs> oh, <laughs> if he wants. Oh, he this probably will. Be
1: well, I can't remember everyone's name, yeah, no, I think he's we've gone up to like I think a thousand calories up together, um but he's doing his own thing for his like first half of cutting, and he's gonna hire me back again to finish out his cutting phase anyway, so I thought that was like a fluke of like nutrient timing and building the metabolism yeah. that absurdly, but like most of my client base as of now has been physique development, and like eighty percent of them they have built their metabolism up like over two thousand calories just from properly placing nutrients where they should be consumed. For example, this is common sense, but like when you train a muscle, when you exercise, it's not the same thing physiologically that's happening compared to simply being sedentary sitting on a couch watching TV, right? When you're uh, exercising, especially if you're not keto adapted, when you're glucose driven, so like a normal carbohydrate-containing diet, you utilize carbohydrates much more efficiently within that peri-workout window, and then, contrarily, when you're resting, you don't use glucose as well. You don't. You don't have the need for most people, unless you're a genetic freak. That's where it's wise to have protein and carb or protein and yeah. fat. It also goes.
0: comes to the fact too, of like that's why you have training day macros and non-training day macros. Like from the exact point you just said right there, mm-hmm. um, I think the easiest way that you, you basically just explained it fully. Uh, it's really interesting because also. There's a thing with intra workout nutrition that a lot of people, um, kind of always stuck about and you gotta be careful with it too, because some people do get bloated while they do their, like, like my client just came to me and he was like, I feel kind of bloated having like 60 grams of carbs intra. And I was like, all right, might need to push this back a little bit and reset. Maybe I, maybe I increased it too much because we went from none to 60 right away and he got bloated. So I was like, okay, we're gonna push this back a little bit. And then work it back up um because mm-hmm. i was like i need to see some videos you're trained to make sure that you're going to utilize it the best but it also comes down to your sources too and this yep. is where bodybuilding gets expensive um when you do something like a highly branched cyclic it's not cheap but it's <laughs> i haven't used it cars. yet um i use gatorade as G- gatorade i get it powder or liquid Cause, good. Cause I use that. But this blender, <laughs> look at this blender bottle is this big. Um, this is like my. It's like a thousand milliliters. Like this is my intra. This is my intra bottle right here. Um, I use that, and I use EAAs and salt. Um, I haven't moved to fruit juice yet. My coach said I can do, I can do, HBCD, uh, Gatorade or, or fruit juice. Kind of mix them um he said eventually we're gonna get to a point where you're gonna need to just from the fact if gatorade's not gonna digest enough really well uh and i got a feeling at 100 grams is gonna be kind of crazy i'm at like 70 right now uh, but yeah. it also gives clients kind of a break too i think intra you could put it down easily and it gives clients that kind of break from 70 grams of carbs through Gatorade is a lot easier to put down than uh Easy. <laughs> yeah. than 70 grams of carbs from rice. That's like
1: And yeah, honestly, dude, like the whole intra workout nutrition, it's really weird because like admittedly, scientifically speaking, you do not deplete that much glycogen yeah. weight training unless you're weight training for like 10 hours a day. Like something about just contracting tissue. Just the overall metabolic environment makes it much, much more friendly to glucose, even though you're not that much glycogen depleted, yeah. if that makes sense, right? So I have no idea what happens scientifically speaking. I just know that intro workout, pre workout, post workout.
0: Those are three good times to place uh, carbohydrates. Yeah. Creamer, what's your favorite what's your favorite card to use um pre uh pre workout? I like rice
1: cakes a lot. Um, white rice. rice, usually
0: most, usually uh, most like, products
1: are rice-based products. Or even um, like the processed oatmeal, like the oatmeal packets with added sugar and crap. I like that because it digests easier than old-fashioned oats. And typically speaking, I like to train faster, okay. So either right when I wake up, which admittedly, it probably isn't the best for building muscle because you're depleted of amino acids, or eating a meal, a protein-carb meal, and then training like two yeah, hours I eat- later.
0: It's really weird because I process, and it might come from the little bit that I don't really have fats in my meal. So my meal pre is cu- is cream of rice, whey, two scoops of whey, and then a banana. So I get so I get all so I get the glute so I get glute three and glute four transporters in, which is what you should be doing if you know what you're talking about. Um, so yep. take advantage. I got, that of I got a nice little glucose. rice crispy treat get that little sugar. I remember messaging my training partner actually who lives down in Florida now and I and I told him what I have. I was like, "Hey, I have like 70 grams of carbs from Gatorade and I and then pre-workout I also have a Rice Krispie treat too." And he's like, he's like that's a lot of refined sugars like refined sugars are gonna cause you to get high it blood is. pressure i'm like i'm doing a sport that's gonna cause me eventually <laughs> to get high blood pressure i'm not worried i was like i'm gonna need to get him he's like you're gonna get he's like you're gonna get really high blood pressure i'm like no i won't i was like i was like i'm pretty sure i'm healthy right now and if i'm not uh you know results you gotta do yeah, what you dude. gotta do
1: now, all my clients, I don't put them over 100 grams of carbs for yep. a workout just from, i let you know who oh, Austin, had Stout <laughs> Austin Stout is. Austin Stout and Joe Jeffrey, they did a podcast and they said it's really not necessary. But my first client ever, <laughs> I built his metabolism. I built all his macros. I had, <laughs> don't laugh, I had him consuming 200 grams That's of carbs cool. well, in
0: like a workout. Austin had like 175. <laughs>
1: yeah. He was, like, eating Rice Krispie treats and, like, Gatorade. I was like, man, I know I have you eating uh, eating a lot of calories in workout, but how is your digestion or your performance not suffering? He's like, I don't know, man. I'm just eating see, one it. Thing I don't,
0: see, one thing I'm very skeptical of doing is I'm very skeptical of adding in – is adding in anything you have to chew um, intra workout. Mm-hmm. And this comes from kind of just you're mechanically at the breakdown, your digestion in a – you're mechanically breaking out food in a sympathetic state which is not the yeah, most optimal so the fact that he's digesting that <laughs> is kind of crazy um but it's yeah. really nutrient timing is really interesting and i'm starting to understand the importance of it and yeah like for the average person just trying to lose don't weight worry about to lose it. get, the, get, get no, the calories you don't have to food.
1: do it <laughs> but when you want to maximize your potential then yeah definitely listen to your Ever-changing biology and use it to the best yeah. of your advantage. And
0: I think I think it's the coolest thing while coaching is seeing people is kind of just adding food to them and they're like, what the heck is happening to my body? I'm like, yep. yep. <laughs> I'm like, this is how, you. this is what happens when you train hard and eat all clean and eat mostly clean foods is you just, your body just loves to absorb every single inch of carbs. Like, especially rice post-workout, shit just i could eat that and then like i can have like like i'm at 200 grams right now and then 200 grams of rice rice. so with with 200 grams of pineapple though so i'm still getting in a lot of carbs post-workout like almost 100 or something Mm -hmm. um and i'm just like yeah my body's like hungry like an hour later i'm like. Like this is normal. It's like that means just feeding, just it's just feeding it over time. Um, but I I just love everything bodybuilding, literally everything bodybuilding. So it's it's cool. It's just cool very, what you can cool. do with your body when you start taking these little detail type things. Like in the beginning when you're getting into it, mm-hmm. honestly, just eat. I wish I learned how to actually eat when i was in high school when i actually started training because i swear i still yeah, ate like shit hair. i had like chips and everything and like one huge chicken breast on like two pieces of bread like post-workout like that was my meal post-workout <laughs> wasn't even chicken and rice it was just a it was just a huge ass chicken breast with a piece of, with two pieces of bread and i was like i was like all right this works <laughs> um but now i wish i knew how to actually eat because i'd be a lot farther now um but other than that i think i
1: man i think we covered we covered everything Uh, yeah i think we covered everything i
0: honestly have no more questions because it's you know it's one of those days where i am absolutely just fried from my workout so it's like when when do i get to go to sleep and when do i get to start it all over again tomorrow because my pre-workout meal is my favorite meal because cream of rice is the best Mm -hmm. thing in the world. Um a lot of people don't realize it but gotta get on that train folks gotta get on that train shout out to all shout it out to all my teammates tasty. because my coach always always gives like cream of rice so shout out to all my teammates because we know um yeah. it's always the mark it's we call it the mark special uh so other than that i think we're we're good we're here at the end um if you haven't listened to the episode before, I do the same three questions um, for kind of people to get to know you a little bit better for the end of the show. Um, first one is what, man, I'm going to say what three things, yeah, what three things do you want people to leave with from listening to this episode? Wow,
1: that's a good question. um, know what you're taking why you're taking it for nootropic, for supplement, for anything in general, right? Uh, with that, be responsible for when, when you're taking it. Like I mentioned with serotonin and dopamine, just because you have access to the prerequisites over the counter, that doesn't mean you should be irresponsible and just take 10 grams of L-tyrosine and deplete your serotonin. So just uh, know why and how you should take things. Um, I really like the whole cliche of ever, uh, nonstop learning. You should always be learning. Uh, that's one attribute I love. Uh, I've started doing recently by just reading more books. Instead of doing lots awesome of information online, YouTube videos, podcasts, et cetera, I found actually spending money on resources as well helps you learn. And lastly, uh, nutrient <laughs> timing matters, uh, especially if you want to maximize your potential to build muscle, lose fat, because our biology is not—it's not stagnant throughout the day, especially for training. Just be cognizant of that and use it to the best of your yeah. advantage.
0: Yeah, always remember our body does not, especially if you're into the super physiological, our bodies do not want to hold this much muscle on our bodies, like, we're not meant for it. Um, so just be aware of that too. When you're thinking, if you're thinking about getting into the sport, be aware of what you are going to be taking, um, what you are. Going to be eating, how much you might be eating. Um, I say definitely save a lot of money because you're going to spend a lot of money, and it should be more on food. Food is the most important thing out of this whole. Uh, yep, it's how you grow, literally everything, Foods, yep, food, yep, everything sleep, else, training. and keeping your stress levels low. That's all you have to do. Like literally those four things, you will grow. Trust me. Um, mm-hmm. Second question: um, What? This is going to, you're going to love this question. What three books do you recommend everybody read? <laughs> Cause you probably got Holy like crap. 120 different books. Oh no, man. Just this year
1: is when I started reading. Well, what are you at? Like lot. 60 books this year? Um, no, 42, I think. <laughs> um, I want 60 is my end goal. So when I started this, I wanted to read, read more. I wanted to read at least one book a month. So that's 12 books. Then I was, I think, at book three around February. And I was like, shoot, I can read more than this. So let's make 30 books, goal for the year. Then COVID hit, and I got 30 books during the quarantine. So now I'm going to try to read 60 books a year. So yep. overall books, <sighs> that's so hard. Oh, I guess one for sure is Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. It's a book about uh, the guy who wrote it. He's a primate. Uh, evolutionary biologist who's super, super smart at biology. And it's about what the stress response does to our bodies, uh, how we can mitigate the stressful damage and how do we can use stress to our uh, positive. Um, next one would probably be case for Christ. It's a Christianity book about the archeological historic historical evidence for Jesus. Super, super cool stuff. Third book, wow. Um, let's go with *Behave*, also by Robert Sapolsky. He is the guy who wrote the first book, *Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers*. *Behave* is about what happens to us biologically, like when we're the most happy, when we're the most sad, when are the most anxious, the most angry, etc. So, very, very cool stuff. There's so many books I like that I can't just. I can't just pick a few. So if you're curious, uh, look at my Instagram, and I saved every story yeah, he's that a I lot. shut off the books. <laughs> and I recommend all of them except for The Vegas Nerve, which is my 13th book of the year, I think, just because it wasn't that interesting. But for the most part, I like every I book i read. I think the so far best book,
0: the, two of the best books of all time, probably the be, one of the best books of all time that I ever read that you also read was 12 Rules <laughs> for Life. Uh. Honestly, man, I liked it, but... I don't think it's my top it was, five. It, yeah, it was a good read. It's really, you got to go back and read it. Because if you don't understand, if you don't understand Jordan Peterson, yep. uh, you need to.
1: <laughs> I like his work. I've been watching his YouTube videos yeah. lately. I like them. Um,
0: but those are three good choices. I got to add those to the list. I have so many books now to read because so many people have different books. But some of them have a lot of the <laughs> same. Uh, so, last one. Um, time to shameless plug yourself. Um where can people awesome. where can people well, find first, you? Um if they want to go for anything from Instagram, coaching, anything you kind of want to give over, where can people find you?
1: Awesome. Well, first yeah. off, thank you, man, for having me on. This is my first ever podcast appearance. Very, very excited and grateful for this opportunity. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Jevin Career Coaching. My Facebook is Jevin Creer. Uh, it's J E V I N Space K R E. Yeah, I'll tag it down. I'll put it down the show notes and for then, everybody. And then my email when inquire me about coaching is jevink.training@gmail.com, at gmail.com, or you can DM me or message me on Facebook awesome. or Instagram. Uh
0: I definitely recommend people go do it. Um uh, he's an up-and-comer like I am. Um we we just want to get experience. Basically, that's 22. how old
1: are you, man? How old are you?
0: I'm yeah. twenty. I, <laughs> yeah. That's so cool, man. As young coaches, we will
1: be the next big thing. Yeah, keep so Yeah, so literally,
0: if you—that's basically what we both want. We both just want experience in this game. So, uh, reach out to us. We have—we pretty sure we can both agree we have very affordable rates compared to some people in this industry. So, if you <laughs> want to give us a shot, um, you can reach out to me down below in the show notes. Is my email and my coaching application. I'll add his info. I'll add Jevin's information down below so you can find him pretty easily. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, um, do us a favor, tag us on your Instagram stories, um, and if you do, I'll share some love back um, because I appreciate everybody who loves listening to the listening to this damn podcast. Um, for some reason, you guys love sticking with us. So, uh, Jevin, thanks for coming on the show, and thank you for everybody for listening to this episode of the ASUS Beta Podcast. Thank you, man.